Hey, what's up? It's your boy Anthony Cass Clark, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily. Good people of the world, what is up? I hope that all is well, all is well on this side today. Very special episode lined up for you on this Monday morning featuring Alex Good Energy. He was recently featured on the Earn Your Leisure podcast, quickly becoming one of my favorite podcasts, by the way. And um, they had him on, and I had no idea who this guy was. Um, but turns out, I relate to this guy so much, and he's just a pleasure to listen to. Uh, he just drops so many gems. He's from a real place. Uh, he just speaks about it from a from a real angle. He's somebody who began in the club industry, uh, somewhat like me. Um, particularly he came to South Beach also, but oh uh, yeah, in the club industry, making money, you know, rising to the top, making so much money, living in that, that dream condo and then, you know, having super hard times and then having to find out what life is about. Like, what am I going to really do in my life? Cause this is not working out. You know, he took some hits and then now he has a very successful trucking company. And how do you transition from? club industry to trucking i won't spill the beans for you i'll let him talk tell you all about it um but yeah i haven't done a long podcast in a long time and i felt like this was a good one to feature and uh get you you know get you going for your week before we get to today's podcast please do me a big favor share this podcast with somebody who you know someone who is interested in entrepreneurship someone who needs inspiration someone likes this type of content forward it to them send it to them share it with them Share it on your Instagram story. Share it on your Instagram feed if you want to. Please let me know. I'll repost it. And I thank you very, very much. I am very grateful for all the support that I get, all the listens, even through the hard times with this podcast. (laughs) So without further ado, here it is. I'm featuring the Earn Your Leisure podcast featuring Alex Good Energy. Let's go. I have a very special guest, a very highly recommended guest, actually, and yeah. something that um, you know, we, we 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 come from New York, and especially me, you know, I'm, I have a, a career in finance, and you don't really think about the trucking industry a lot. You know, like it's it's something that at least I never really yeah, thought about. I, right? I, I think the last time I thought about a truck was Optimus Prime. Like, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it was that, and we never thought about trucks again. No, nah, it's a fact. <laughs> but um, a lot of people have been asking us to cover the trucking industry. So my man Jamal, he put me on to the good brother Alex Good Energy, Alex Burton, aka Alex Good Energy. Um, and I looked at his page, and I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, he he's a cool dude. So I reached out to him, and we have him on the podcast. Yeah. So thank okay. you. And we heard the voice. He said, "Yo, this guy got to be from New York." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to sure. Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> ATL via Brooklyn. Yeah. Um. So so I'll give you the quick background. Um. So. Alex is a is a guru when it comes to the trucking industry. He has 11, 11 trucks running right now, right? He has 11 trucks, um, but more importantly, he actually teaches people how to actually operate trucks and the ins and outs of the business. Because the trucking industry, I was telling somebody that the other day, like at least for me, it's like, um, do they have a college for that? Like, how do you learn that? Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, yeah, you don't, that's not something that's actually taught in school. Right. Nothing is stuff taught in school, but definitely something like that. Like, right. you got to just go and just figure it out on your own. So, yeah, he, um, 
he's 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 doing very well for himself and it's a very lucrative industry um as far as trucking industry and and it's not just for men either women yeah, women absolutely. making a killing too you know you know who used to be a truck driver lisa leslie's mother did you know that no i didn't know that yeah lisa leslie's mother um one of the greatest nba bas- wnba basketball players of all time her mother was actually a truck hey, driver they're building a statue for her Artist in LA? Yeah, outside the Center. Shout out to her. Shout yeah. out to her. So, um, so yes. So, once again, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. Legend. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah. You had a journey to, to get to, the, to this point, right? And you started um, promoting parties. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Can you, can you give us a quick backstory on, on the party promotion? Because uh, I want to ask you about this Jagged Edge story, but I want to <laughs> I, I lead up. I want to lead up to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, man, first, even before the parties, man, I was uh, doing telemarketing. You know, I was doing telemarketing. And that was like my first like real job. You know what I'm saying? Is uh selling this product called Z Max. It was this uh this product that you poured in your um gas tank. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, for better fuel mileage, man. It was like a boiler room situation. <laughs> and um, you know, it was cubicles. Me, you know, my best friend Jason, who's uh here missing two weeks out, we was uh, literally sitting next to each other, man. I think the base pay was like seven dollars an hour, and then we got commission off of everything that we sold. So um Man, I did this job for about two years, and uh, we was killing it, man. We was probably making about a thousand dollars a week, and then uh, my boss, he was only two years older than me, uh, young dude. So you know, it was one of the things where you kind of became kind of cool with your boss, and you got like a little too comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that um, you know he, we had our ups and downs in our relationship, and you know it was things that he felt like I wasn't doing correctly, and I was getting a little too comfortable. At the job, and then one day he fired me. Uh, he said I missed a call. He, you know, he could monitor all the calls mm-hmm. in the call center. He said I was like playing with my phone or something like that, and, he, and I missed a call. That was his reason, and he fired me, man. And I just remember, like at that time, I had just got my uh, first house. I, I was just I was renting a house for my cousin. He had got locked up, and he needed somebody to kind of pay the mortgage while he was locked up. Uh, so I was renting this house. Um, I had just got my first car, and um, this is like my first time like having real bills. Mm. And uh, I was doing pretty well, you know, I'm like 20, 21, I think at the time, 22. And uh, when he fired me, it was just like a wake up call. Like it, it, he, he grabbed the rug up under my feet. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, like I got these bills and I wasn't really saving my money because I was making a thousand dollars a week. And back then that was a lot of money. So I'm thinking like, you know, I'm spending the money because I'm like, I got another thousand dollar check coming next week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, long story short, um, after I got fired, I didn't know what to do. I was like, yo, I got to do something. But I, was, I just knew I wasn't going to work for nobody else. I just didn't like the, the fact that another man had that much control over my destiny. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a very uncomfortable uh, feeling for me. I felt um, very, very uneasy at that fact. So I didn't know what I was going to do yet, but I knew I was going to do something. So I'm literally just uh, riding around Gwinnett. You know, I was in Gwinnett County at the time, north side of Atlanta, probably 30 minutes from the, from the city. And uh, the spot called Carabas, they was doing construction. That was my spot. I walked up in there. And I met the Asian guy who walked out. He was like, look, you know, we about to build a um, nightclub. And, um, you know, this is a true story. He, he was like, yeah, we're looking for promoters. And I'm like, okay. He was like, are you a promoter? And I literally, I'd never forget it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 you know I am saying? one. I am one. <laughs> you know, because I'm from New York, like, at the end of the day, like, we're hustling. You know what I'm saying? So I seen the opportunity. The club looked fly. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? I knew I knew a lot of people. I was like, I might be able to pull this off. So I literally walked out the um, spot, and I just called all my friends, like, look, we gonna, I got a party now. I need y'all to pull up. You know what I'm saying? Pull up, bring $10 with you in two weeks. Let's go. And, um, you know, I'm just running through it. $2,000, 2000 and some change to my name. Um, it was a hard gamble for me. Like, do I hold on to this little two grand, or do I go ahead and, and bet on myself? 
right? It's like, do I bet on myself yeah. and, and give it a shot and depart from my last, uh, you know, bit of change? <sighs> took 500, got some flyers, and um, I took another 200, paid these little boys to uh, pass them out for me. And uh, we uh, <laughs> we hit up the neighborhoods, and it was so funny. I told them, I said, look, go hit all the doors in the neighborhood. Like, do like the people do the Chinese menu, <laughs> right? Put them you in your door. Home and you're like, how, did, how y'all even get past the gate? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, yo, we, uh, we, we, we tore the whole city up, man. Like, we, we, we plastered the whole city with, with flyers, man. Grand opening, first nightclub in Gwinnett County. Did the grand opening, 200 people showed up. Um, it was a good night, made my investment. Back plus a couple of extra dollars. I had, I think it was I made like thirty eight hundred dollars that night, and um, you know, the, the, but the grand opening hype was over at this point. Now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we was pushing that. Yo, it's the grand opening. This is the first night. It was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Red carpet. So I'm like, wow. So I decided to go to Buckhead and just do like some market research and just try to get some ideas of like, um, you know, what other clubs was doing. Like just try to. Pick their brain a little bit and just see how they got things set up. Man, I went down to Buckhead and um, I was at this club called Club Chaos on Monday nights. And uh, the DJ was like, yo, Jagged Edge is in the building. And I, w- I walked up to him humbly like, yo, bro, like, I love y'all music. Um, I got this nightclub. I would love for you guys to come out there and, um, you know, host a party. Which, yeah, member, which member was it? This was Brian. Okay. Yeah, this is Brian. Yeah, one of the twins. Yeah. Okay. J.E. Heartbreak, one of my favorite albums of all time. Absolutely. You ain't got to <laughs> skip no songs. Nah, nah, don't, skip, don't skip so that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I walked up to him. I'm like, yo, I just need you to, you know, y'all ain't even got to perform. Just show up, please. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you half the door. I, I don't really got no budget like that for you. And uh, he just loved the way I came at him. And he was like, look, uh, we're going to be out there. He knew where it was at. He was like, yeah, I got this chick that live on that street. I know exactly where it's at. We're going to pull up. You know <laughs> he was like, yo, it ain't going to be the whole group, but I'll probably come with my brother or something. And I was like, I'm cool with that. And um, I, I was so excited. I literally left the club and forgot to get his phone number. <laughs> I forgot to get his phone number. So I'm on. I'm, yeah, I was beating myself up on the way home that night. And, um, but, uh, but the way that my man like, looked at my eyes and told me he was coming, um, I took his word for it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go ahead and uh, promote it. <laughs> so it was a little uneasy, but I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So um, got the big flyers this time. Hit the whole, I mean, we towed the whole city up. I did 10,000 flyers, big joints, Jagged Edge, Grand Open. I mean, not Grand Open, but uh, uh, Jagged Edge is uh, coming to Gwinnett. <sighs> the night came, and um, <laughs> the night came, y'all. You know what I'm saying? And um, I got there at 10 o'clock. Live was already around the building when I got there, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't have enough security guards. Um, but, um, you know, I was excited. I'm like, it was going down. I knew we was about to make some money this night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, by 11 o'clock, the club was almost filled up. 12 o'clock, we was at capacity. Line is still around the building. Um, and I just remember it was so much money in the cash register, I had to take the money out and empty it out and go hide it in the back <laughs> so that we could have space in the cash register. It was crazy. And um and then twelve thirty hit and then I started hearing whispers in the crowd like yo man Jackie AJ coming man. he got us <laughs> yo he got dudes, us yo these dudes have got us you know what I'm saying <laughs> and um I was like yo should I just take the money and run or, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying like you know, this this gonna be it right here if you don't show up you know what I'm saying show closing <laughs> and um yeah and um yo man like around one fifteen um this is when the CLS Mercedes just came out and uh you know G wagons just started kind of popping out in the streets. They just started pulling up. It was like three of them, man. And um, they hopped out. It was, it was Brian and his brother. And they hopped in. Um, they hopped out. We walked into the club. And um, they had a good time. And you know, we did about 700 people that night. 
And um, I ended up having a run for about three and a half years, man. It was one of the biggest parties on Thursday nights yeah, in, was crazy. Um, in Atlanta. At that moment, when, when you seen him pulled up, you, you did, was it like, yeah, I'm a man. I got this. Yo, it was like seeing Jesus himself. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. But let me, did you establish a date with them? Yeah, yeah, I told them. Oh, okay, you told them to all right. I, I thought they, they just they started yeah. seeing the flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yo, oh, that's where we're going to be nah, tonight. So you told him a date and all it was that. Just, it was that. Did, they, did they perform or just, nah, nah, they he just popped up? Nah, he just wanted to buy the Hennessy. How much, <laughs> how, much, how much did you make that night? You remember? Um, I think I made about five to six grand that night. Oh, yeah, after everything was paid, yeah. Oh, at, oh. That, at that time, you, you weren't Alex. You were sincere. sincere. Yeah, and the reason I, I, I switched my name to Sincere, uh, I just liked how it sounded for one. I think the ladies liked it. But um, another reason was because uh, AG Entertainment, he's the biggest promoter in, uh, I think, in the country, honestly. Yeah. You know, shout out to AG Entertainment. Out here, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His name is Alex. And um, I didn't want people confusing um, me with him, like I didn't want people to have to be like, "Hey, which Alex? The other Alex?" So I was just like sincere, just to separate myself. So it had nothing to do with um, Belly. Nah, nah, that's nah, what I was. You're not a Nas guy, huh? He's a Brooklyn dude, so he might be a J guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm J all day <laughs> for sure. Shout out to Esco, man. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So, all right, yeah, that's a crazy story that you actually had enough courage to do that. And I, honestly, not to cut you off, what I want to say is that. Throwing that party for those many years, that was like my first taste of entrepreneurship, right? I went from working at a call center to now I am running a full staff. I got security guards. I got police officers, right? I got uh, marketing people. I got the door girl, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was my first time doing payroll, and I, and, I, and I learned how to become a leader. I learned how to take initiative, right? And it taught me how to brand. It taught me how to market. I had to convince people to leave the city of Atlanta and come to the country uh, Gwinnett County yeah. and come party with me and we did that so um it's a lot of I took a lot from throwing parties man and it, and, it, and it came full circle to some of the um qualities that I have today even the telemarketing spot you like I had to sell stuff to people on this phone um you know this is before people would hang right up on telemarketers <laughs> right but I had to call people and convince them to go to their wallet get their credit card and give me their credit card number over the phone to buy this product that they had never heard of before right so when you talk about like sales, like it really turned me into a hustle. Like I had to eat what I killed. If I didn't get them sales, we, we wasn't eating. So, um, it, you know, I tell people all the time, like if you got a nine to five right now, it's all good. But just use it as leverage, right? Yeah. Um, uh, take, take, take the good stuff from that, the, 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 the skills that you're learning, and be able to apply that into something that works for yourself. And that's what I did. So the one thing I like about you is that... Um you you weathered the storm. You had a lot of uh, life's up and down. Sometimes yeah. you up, sometimes you down. Um, so you you had a good thing going in Atlanta, and then you went. Um, you took your talents to South Beach. Yeah. Um, and you was living. The, you was living the high life yeah. in, in Brickell. Yeah. Shout out to Miami. This, man. this is this is. What year was that? This is LeBron James. Yeah. Miami. This is around like 2009, 10, around that time. Okay. So he just got there. Yeah. He South just Beach. got there. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he, he he went down there like three months after I moved. I might be a little bit off on the dates, but I just know when I moved down there, he made the um, announcement about three months later. Yeah. So that was live on Sunday and that whole vibe. This is when like you know Young Money was on fire. They they was living down there when live on Sunday started blowing up. You know, and LeBron was down there, and you know, this is when we went in championships. Like it was a good time. Uh, I noticed you said the word we. At this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good energy. Oh my god! Yeah. So all right, so you you live in a high life out there, but um, you said like you, you went broke, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be real, man. Like I went down there, and I was living off my savings. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was like, when I get down there, I got a couple dollars. I'm gonna figure something out. I'm gonna network with some people when I get down to Miami. And I'm gonna be real with you, man. And I know some people 
my degree, like, yo, Miami, you either got to already have your bread together or, you know, a lot of people are doing illegal things out there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, I just couldn't find nothing to do. I, so I would just, you know, Miami, it's real easy to spend the money out there. But if you already already got, like, your relationships set up, if you ain't, if you don't speak Spanish. It's going to be tough. Yeah, you, it's going to be a grind to get that network up out there. So, um, yo, I got down to my last, after living down there for about three years, man, I, I got down to my last five grand. And I was like, wow, like, I ain't going to be able to stay down here. Like, I'm going to have to go back to Atlanta. Back to my network, back to my friends, and figure something out. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I did. I moved back to Atlanta, um, 2012. Moved back, uh, and I'm humbly speaking, I moved back with my mother. So how was that for you? Because if anybody does is not familiar, you lived in Brickell, right over the bridge. Yeah, that right, area, yeah. right there, at the Icon Brickell, right there. That's literally my spot. Bridge, right that's there my spot. Yeah, like yeah. That's my spot. That's my spot. A lot of good yeah. memories in Miami. So if anybody's not familiar, that's like you know the whole vibe. You see all the movies. It's right on the water. It's just living a high life, right? You got you know beautiful beaches, beautiful women. It's, it's a whole a lot of motivation. Yeah. <laughs> so motivation. so you so you living it. I'm assuming you had a nice spot, nice condo. Yeah, real nice. How humbling was that to have to move back in with your mom? It was um, the most humbling, the most humbling experience I've had. You know what I'm saying? This is when I, you know, social media was just starting to pop off. <laughs> and um, I'm gonna be real, like I, I erased my social media and everything. Like, hey, they're not gonna see me like this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> real talk, like I was living on the top floor, you know, a little one bedroom, real nice spot overlooking the water. You know what I'm saying? And um, to go from that to living back with my mother, it was. Um, Definitely humbling, man. Um, but I told, I said, yo, I just need six months, ma. Like, give me six months. Let me just work on my credit again. Let me get my credit straight. Let me save up a couple of dollars. Let me get from under these bills for a minute, right? And just get my head cleared out for a second. And I was like, I'm going to figure something out. Just give me six months. And my mom's Jamaican. Like, I got to. Are you Jamaican? Oh, yeah, so it's Troy. <laughs> I should have known when you said yeah, flatbush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my whole family Jamaican. Mine's too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I don't know what the American culture is like, but my mom was glad to have me back. I'm a Yo, only that's child. A fact. <laughs> like that, she was excited. Like, oh, you coming back? So like, she got my room, my old yeah, room. Had ready. an oxtails, got some jerk chicken, got some collard in the morning. Uh, every day. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. But I was like, ma, like, don't make me too comfortable. I'm trying, I gotta leave. You know what I'm saying? But um, man. I spent them six months just, just just figuring out what I want to do next. And one thing I did know, it was like, yo, whatever it is, it's going to be for myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue being an entrepreneur. Getting a job was just not even an option for me at that point. And um, linked up with this one, um, this dude named Derek, man. You know, Derek uh, hit me up like, yo, bro, um, let's, let's, let's go ahead and uh, you know, go in on a line of credit and, and, and jump into something, maybe a, a restaurant or a barbershop or something. I was like, cool. He's like, I got a couple of relationships with some banks. You know, your credit straight. Let's go ahead and uh, make something happen. So we went and got a line of credit uh, for about 40, I think it was like 40, 50 grand. And um, we went around looking at restaurants, looking at buildings. You know what I'm saying? It was a big deal. I was excited. Like, we about to get a restaurant. But every time we would try to um, lock in on the spot, something would fall through. Um, the building code wouldn't get approved. Or it was just something, right? Then we started looking at barbershops. Same thing. Just it just wasn't coming together. But during that whole process, I just kept running into uh, people that was in the trucking industry. Um, you know, whether it was drivers, whether it was uh, fleet owners, it was just like a coincidence. So uh, this one dude hit me up. I don't want to say his name because I don't know how far this thing is going to reach. I don't want to. You know, what you, I'm saying you know who you are. Blast, you know right? who you are. Nobody, nobody's listening. No one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I. I, I Ran into this dude, man. And he was like, yo, I got this contract with uh, the post office. 
right? Um, I got box trucks and I got these lanes. And if you get a box truck, I'll put you on. And, you know, again, I'm from New York. I'm a hustler. I'm like, yo, it's working? Like, okay, I need to get a truck. What's good? I, I went and got me a truck. So I literally took some of the money that we got from the line of credit. We uh, went and got a line of, um, went and got some trucks. Got one truck first. It was a box truck. This yeah. is a 26-foot um, trucks. Like, you can get from, like, U-Haul. It's, like, the biggest truck. Yeah, you can what's up? Can, can you explain what a box truck is? Yeah, so a box truck is, uh, again, if you go to U-Haul, you know, you're moving and you want to move your own stuff. It's the biggest truck that you can get. It's called a 26-foot box truck. So pretty much it's like half the size of an Mm 18-wheeler, right? And these trucks, due to the weight, they're not required by law for you to have a CDL to drive them, Mm -hmm. right? You're only required to uh, have a CDL to drive a truck that's uh, grossed over 26,000 pounds, okay? Okay? And a a bus too, right? Is that uh, true? They have different levels of CDLs. So yeah. So... um, these trucks were like, you know, not that expensive to get into. So I, I was like, yo, I, I, I can, so I went and got one. We went and leased one actually from Penske. Man, <laughs> let me tell you something. So I hit my man up. I'm like, yo, I got the truck. What's good? And he's like, oh, okay, damn, that was fast. He's like, let me make a couple calls. I'm going to reach out to my people and try to get y'all on. Um, I ain't hit nothing back for like another week or two. So I hit him back like, yo, what's good? And then he just stopped answering his phone. <laughs> Damn. Lose my number. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he just stopped answering his phone. Like, hey, you know how you meet people? They be like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I got put you. you on. They just be talking though. Like, yeah. I got you. I'm put you on, but they don't be thinking that you're serious. They think that you're playing. Yeah. So here I am with this truck, with this box truck. Don't know nothing about trucks, but I got a truck note around the corner. Right? We got insurance that we just put on this truck. That's around the corner. That don't stop. Yeah. How much did the truck cost? Um, we put down. I think it was about six grand down on it. And it was a lease, and then we paid monthly, right? So is this truck like sitting outside your, your mom's crib right now? Nah, 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 where's this nah, truck nah. at? We got parking lots for trucks. You know what I'm saying? So here we are now, like, yo, we don't, I don't know what to do, but I was like, it, it, I either had a choice to either sink or swim, right? And I decided to swim. So I went online, I'm on YouTube, how to run a trucking company. I'm on Google, how to run a trucking company. I'm literally up stressed out trying to figure this thing out. And I found out about something called a load board. Load board is a database that has every single load coming in and out of every city in real time. Okay? So you can literally get on there, find the loads, negotiate your rates, have your truck go pick it up, deliver it, and get paid. What's, what's, a, what's a load? Um, a load is freight, pretty much. Okay, yeah. it's freight. You so know it's like saying? the merchandise or like, yeah, items, yeah, 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 stuff that you're actually putting on the trucks, yeah. and you're getting paid to pick it up and deliver it, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, okay, this is not it's not too hard. I can figure this out. You know what I'm saying? Again, I did telemarketing. I know how to negotiate, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about getting certain skills from the jobs. I I learned how to negotiate and um and convince people by doing the telemarketing. So I'm like, I'm on this board, like, yo, I need this much for my truck. Let's go. So I'm booking loads. The money is starting to come in. And um, yo, it looked like everything was, was going okay until I started looking at my spreadsheets a few months later. And I'm starting to look at the, and I'm learning what a balance, um, a P&L statement is now. I'm learning what a profit and loss statement is now, right? <laughs> and I'm realizing like, yeah, the money's coming in, but it's, it's going right back out. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because I'm not negotiating correctly, right? Here I am coming from living with my mother. You know, not making no money to now this dude is offering me a thousand dollars for this load, but the load is going from Atlanta to, to Virginia <laughs> or, 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 or Boston. Right? Yeah. So that thousand dollars after I pay fuel, after I pay 
my driver, I'm doing, I'm running a nonprofit organization. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, I'm literally doing a nonprofit, no, not, you know, but I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, so you were, you were lowballing the negotiation man, every time and not even knowing. They might as well have called us Crackhead Express. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? My man David said it. Yo, ready lows for the low. Like, Yo, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, we might as well have been Crackhead Express, man. Whatever they was paying, we was taking it. So then, then so that, that kind of fell apart, right? For you? Yeah, absolutely. After 11 months, man, um, we was upside down. How many trucks at that time? I, we jumped up to five. Like, when I first <laughs> Are you really dope? I'm, I'm, I'm a hustler. I'm like, yo, it's working. I'm seeing the money come in. Let's go ahead and get some more. So I'm up to five trucks now doing it all the wrong way. <laughs> So when it fell apart, mm -hmm. I, that was another major setback for you, right? Like, how, how did that happen? Like, when did you realize, I got to pull the plug on this? Um, when we was uh, running out of money and we realized we was in the hole deeper than we could get out of, right? So it, one thing that's important in business is that you got to know when to exit, right? You got to stop the bleeding. And um, I decided to stop the bleeding, right? But people ask me all the time, like, what made you still give it another shot after you failed so terribly. And I tell people all the time, um, I seen the potential in the industry. I knew I just did something wrong. So I took a whole another nine months off to figure out what did I do wrong? You said in the nine, because we're about to go to the next segment when you're going to talk about the resurgence, how you yeah. rose, like mm -hmm. the Phoenix. <laughs> the year but, um, of 2000. You said like you took nine months, you didn't even get a haircut or nothing. Like you was just. Man, I locked in. Um, I, was in I was in the house, man. Um, you know, I had a dog at the time. Only time I left my house literally was to walk my dog. And um, it'll be days I forget to eat. Just doing research. I'm just, I mean, I take it personal. I'm like, yo, I'm not about to just lay down. Like, like I got to figure this thing out. And um, yeah, no haircut for six months. You know, I call it the year to sacrifice. Stop partying. Stop going out. Um, stop, you know, just all the way locked in. And I tell people all the time, like, yo, you're not going to get to where you're trying to get to without that sacrifice. It's something that you're doing on a daily basis that's holding you back from getting to where you're trying to get to. You got to identify what it is. Mine was just going out all the time, partying all the time, you know, just not, just not having money management. And um, so, yeah, that was the year of sacrifice right there. Mm -hmm. 2013. Yeah, correct. Uh, that's so key as far as what you said, as far as you just got to regroup sometimes. And it's difficult. It's difficult. But we about to go into the next segment, like I said, when we, we're going to talk about the good side. Yeah. It's, never, it's never all bad. As long as you stay down, you're going to come Absolutely. up eventually. What, so. what a day when the tables will turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now we're going to go on to the next segment. All right. So we got the backstory, and um, you know, you stayed down until you came up, but we, now I wanna, I'm interested in the come up. So, all right. You stayed in, in, in your mom's crib for nine months, no haircut, just walked the dog, just on some real Will Smith pursuit of happiness, <laughs> just, just figuring it out. Right. All right. So what happened? Like You just had like a, an epiphany, and it's like... I got it. Like, what? Can you explain me how you woke out of that darkness and, yeah. and reemerged to the sunlight? Yeah. So when I went out of business with the box trucks, um, my sole purpose of my, my research was to identify what I did wrong and apply the correct information to my operation. And the first thing I realized is like, yo, I need to get the uh, 18 wheeler. Like the box trucks is cool, but the 18 wheeler is going to definitely like open up my options now. It was so funny because when I would be on the low board with the box trucks, I would have to um, do the search for 26 foot, right? I can only look for lows that would fill up to 26 foot of right. a trailer. But I would just sometimes just get curious and like, hmm, let me see what the 18 wheeler lows look like. So it'll be like 
80 loads available for box trucks, but 4,000 loads available for 18 wheelers. Yeah. And I'd be like, man, like them 18 wheelers is eating. So that was the first thing I, I realized during my research is like, yo, I need to get an 18 wheeler. So when I got the 18 wheeler and I started rolling with that one, it was like night and day. It was like night and day. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I learned how to negotiate. I learned how to read the market. I learned how to position my trucks. So you said that before as far as, all right. So just to get the first 18 wheeler, did you finance that? Did you lease it? How do you? How my do you? first 18 wheeler, I was able to get that for really cheap. Uh, this dude that I know, he was going through a divorce. And uh, I think his wife was trying to take everything from him. He was like, yo, just give me a price. Um, I, I literally paid about $7,800 for oh, wow. my first. $7,800? It was a 19... How, how much does it cost, like, on average? Uh, for a good truck that, you, you know, that we recommend getting is going to be anywhere from fifty to 60000 and, and that's brand new or used? Nah, about 2016, 2015. All right, so a used yeah. truck. Yeah, used okay. truck. But you uh, always only But I got an old one. You only recommend used trucks, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why? Because uh, a brand new truck is going to run you upwards of $100-something, right? And it's going to get you the same um, results as a, as a semi-used truck. You know what I'm saying? It's all about getting a truck that, um, you know, the warranty, you got a good warranty on it. It's inspected. And if you get you a really good used truck, it's going to get you the same um, results, but you'll be able to, able to you'll be able to make your money back a lot so, faster. So, so between forty five to sixty for a used one, fifty to sixty. Fifty to sixty. Yeah. Um, how's the financing on that? Is there a certain amount you have to leave down to get that type of job? Yeah. So it's just different ways. So if you're an investor, right? If you don't have a CDL, by the way, I don't have a CDL. Um, never drove a truck before. Uh, don't plan on driving. Yeah, a you're truck. not trying to drive. <laughs> nah. Um, you know what I'm saying? I respect. That's why I got so much respect for drivers because I don't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. So um, as an investor, you're going to put down an average of about 30% down, yeah. right? 30% down is what I've been seeing for the last few years with, uh, you know, these uh, uh, banks at the actual dealerships, right? Mm -hmm. But there's different ways that you could come into the game. You could actually go through uh, the truck dealership, right? And if you go through that route as an investor, it's going to be 30%. But if you have a CDL, um, it's going to be a little bit less down, let's say around 15 to 20%. And the reason why it's less for somebody who actually owns a CDL is because the risk is a lot less for the banks. They're looking at it like, hey, look, if you're an investor, you don't have a CDL, you, you get a truck and you don't have a driver, there's a higher chance that you're going to default on your loan because your truck's just going to be sitting mm -hmm. versus somebody who has a CDL, they could actually just hop in their truck and go generate some money to pay their notes. So again, 30% is the average down on a $50,000, $60,000 truck for an investor. With no CDL and about 15 to 20% down is the average that I've been seeing if you have a CDL. We call them owner operators, dudes who own their trucks and operate their trucks as well. My, the, what I recommend though, the best scenario as far as getting into the game though, is just having like decent credit and having relationships with your own bank. Mm. A credit union, for example, right? Some of these credit unions will finance you up to 100%, right? So you don't have to put um, money, a bunch of money down for the truck. So in those scenarios, you'll be looking at getting into the game about with about ten grand. Because now all you got to pay for is your insurance down payment, um, your license, your DOT numbers, your tags, etc. Um, so that's the cheapest way to get into the game is getting financing directly from your credit union, just bringing them a bill of sales. Like, yeah. hey, look, this is the bill of sales. Can you guys finance this truck? You're gonna get you gonna get the best interest rate through your credit union, and that's the best way. Yeah, I did my first like two cars to my credit union. Mm -hmm. It was just like they take the money right out your check. So it's Absolutely. like you never have to worry about it. And the interest rate, like you said, is a lot lower. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good reference. So you said as far as, okay, reading the market, what, what does that mean? Reading the market, like, okay, so the, <laughs> trucking literally changes every week. Like literally every week. Like Atlanta, 
could be the hot zone this week as far as freight. When I say supply and demand, I'm talking about loads to truck ratio. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, like, for example, I think the last time I checked, Atlanta had about 3,900 loads, um, and they had about 1,400 trucks, right? Mm -hmm. There's certain uh, parts of the city right now. Wisconsin is one of them, hot right now. Wisconsin had about, I want to say about 5,000 loads and like 800 trucks available in the last business day. What does that mean to y'all? It's there's supply and demand. Supply. You got, you're going to be able to charge a higher amount because it's not enough. It ain't enough trucks. It ain't enough trucks out there. So now we have all these shippers, all these uh, shippers that's fighting for trucks now. So what, what are they going to have to do to make sure that their load gets moved? Pay top dollar. That's where the negotiating power comes in at. So if you don't understand, okay, this week, Atlanta, Virginia, Tennessee is hot. I need to position my trucks up there. If you don't know that, you're going to miss out. And that's what I specialize in. I specialize in knowing, knowing where to position my trucks at to get that top dollar. Because all it is is connecting the dots. We're going from one city to the next city to the next city, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times what I was messing up at is I would just take the big, the best paying load going to wherever, not realizing that when I got there, it wasn't no loads there, right? So I'm thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm about to eat on this $3,000 load, not realizing when I get to <laughs> Iowa, for example, right? I'm gonna have to drive probably 500 miles to get to another good load. So now I done put most of my profit back into the fuel tank to get to that next market. So it's not just about booking the load that day, it's about looking at where the load is going and what that market is looking like as well. So you said it changes weekly. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you know? Like, mm -hmm. It's like website. How do you yeah, keep I think, up? Yeah. You said something about trucks having seasons. Like, how, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, we got peak seasons. We got slow seasons. We got times where produce is, uh, is real high at that time. And, you know, like that's around April to like July is produce season. Okay. You know what I'm saying? The, the freight rates go up because it's more, it's more demand for trucks, right? But we, have, we actually have, um, on some of the low boards, we actually have a feature that shows you all the hot zones mm. in the whole country. Mm. So we can literally go on there and see what's going on in the market, mm. right? Anybody has access to those low boards? Or, you, or? Have to, you have to have an active authority in order to have access what, what to What does that mean, board. active authority? Your DOT number. Okay. You know, your DOT number is the number that's on the side of all the trucks. And you have to have that activated in order for you to uh, have access to that low board. So the general public just couldn't go yeah. on and, and look at the low board. They probably wouldn't even understand it even if they did. Nah. It's like know. reading Spanish. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to like a search engine for like Travelocity. Like if you're traveling, it's similar to that. But if you just knew nothing about it, you would definitely need to um, get trained on how to actually operate with it. So is it, you have like a map in your office where you have like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go from Atlanta to Philly to New York, to Chicago, and this is going to, like, how do you calculate the math on it to say, because like you said, that was a good point. Like, you might, it might be good money going to Idaho, Iowa, yeah. but now you got to come back to Atlanta and you don't really have any other stops in between. So, like, do you have a set idea of, okay, you need to hit at least five stops every, was it like 500 miles, something like that, or you don't do more than 500 miles, like um, 50 miles, something like that, or is, is that like a formula, or? Well, um, whenever I book a load, and I brought a couple here, for okay. example, just okay. to show you guys, right? But whenever you book a load, um, it's important that you know how much money you're going to be making after the load is complete. So I just bought it, like the load. We're, we're doing a load right now as we speak. One of my drivers picked up a load yesterday, right? The load is picking up in Tennessee, in LaVerge, Tennessee, 
uh, picked up yesterday on the 20th and it's going to Franklin, Massachusetts delivering on Monday, right? They're paying me $2,400 for that load, right? So when I look at that load, I got to figure out how many miles is from the origin to the destination. So I did the math, it's about a thousand miles. So now I got to figure out how much fuel is it going to take for me to um, complete that load. So let's do the math real quick. And this is the formula that I teach my students. So we're going to take the rate that the load is paying. So we have $2,400, right? Mm -hmm. And then I know that it's a thousand miles. So I got to figure out how much fuel am I going to need to get this uh, job complete. So we're just going to take a thousand miles. We're going to divide that by six miles per gallon because that's the average that each truck uses. Is it? Six miles? Yeah. Oh, that's what you get. Six, eight, eight miles if you got a good truck. But I, I'm just going to do worst case scenario, right? So divide that by six, right? So I know it's going to take me 166 gallons of diesel in order to complete that load from Tennessee to Massachusetts, right? So all I'm going to do is I'm going to times that times the average amount of diesel, the, the price for diesel, which is uh, about $3.25 right now. Right? So that's showing me right there. Out of that $2,400, I'm going to have to use 540 of it on fuel. Just to get there and get back. Right. So me personally, everybody pays their drivers differently. I pay my drivers a percentage. Right? So I pay my drivers 20% of whatever that load is paying. So just remember that number right there. So we're going to do 2400 times 20%. It's $480. Remember that number? And then going up there, we got tolls. So um, I'm going to say I think going up there is going to be about $180 in tolls, right? So if we do $2,400 minus, was it 540? Yeah. How much was the uh, driver? 480. 480 minus 180 in tolls. So we had $11.99 on a profit. That's your profit. That's my profit that I see on Monday. So yeah. she picked up the load yesterday, drove this while I'm with you guys right now. My truck is driving right now as we speak. Yeah. Right? And by the time I wake up on Monday morning, um, it's, it's delivering um, at 7 a.m. She's going to deliver. By the time I wake up, I'll be able to get $11.99 in my bank account by 5.30 p.m. That's another thing about trucking that I love is that it's liquid. Every single day I'm getting deposits in, my, in our business account. You know, I don't got to wait 30 days to get paid, yeah. right? We pick up a load on a Monday, we deliver on a Tuesday, we get paid on a Tuesday. So at the end of the day, we have a factoring company. A factoring company is a third-party bank that literally purchases our invoices from us. Right now, my volume is so high, I started off at 3%. I'm down to 1% right now. So I get charged 1% to get paid the same day, and they wait 30 days to get paid. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wow. Right? So, so when you talk about People who are, are in other industries like real estate or they do deals where they need finance, you know how attractive it looks to a bank to see daily deposits into your account? When I go to my bank, they harass me. Are you sure you don't want the line of credit? <laughs> no, you sure you don't want a line of credit today? Because I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a lower risk because they seeing that. You got money coming in. That daily deposit coming in. Right, that's dope. That's so, crazy. all right, how do you um, get drivers? Like, what's the mm -hmm. process of that? Yeah, and that's the hardest part of our industry. Like, I'm not going to sit here and just tell y'all the good part, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If anybody just tells you the good part of anything, just run away from them, right? That's the biggest um, obstacle in our industry. Why? Because we're talking about the human factor right here. We're talking about people, <laughs> right? Personalities. Um, and with the drivers, they don't have to necessarily be the most polished people. You know, we, this is an industry where we hire felons. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, you know, they don't have to have education. It is what it is, right? Um, 
so the thing about drivers is that this is a very challenging job. This job requires them to be away from their families, right? This job requires them to be driving uh, at sometimes 11 hours straight in a day. A lot, drivers are only allowed to drive for 11 hours straight. Mm -hmm. They're allowed to be on duty for 14 hours. Okay. And, they're allowed to, and then they have to shut down for uh, 10 hours, right? Everybody can't drive for 11 hours straight every single day. That's tough. Right? So I got so much respect for drivers, man. And uh, just shout out to, you know, to the drivers out there, man. Like, the world would stop without y'all. You know what I'm saying? So um, I just got a lot of respect uh, for y'all. And that's why I treat my drivers really, really well. Um, my, you know, and we're going to get into the portal and all that with our train on. Um, but, you know, I know sites that you know, I go on sites and I, um, I put out an attractive ad. That's the first step. Yeah I, yeah, I wrote it down, man. When I saw the ad, you were like, we're going to pay you more by accident than ever shorten you on purpose. And yeah. I was like, wow. That's not even on my ad. That's what I tell my drivers actually after I get them. But I tell them all the time because one of the biggest things when I'm doing these driver interviews, I'm like, yo, why did you leave your last job? Like, what made you leave? And 80% and of the time, it's because their previous employee was, pl was playing with their money. Right? That's yeah. the number one excuse that I hear why drivers leave companies is they playing with the money. So I tell them all the time, like, look, I'll pay you more on accident before I short you on purpose. It's my honor to pay you. You're helping me feed my family. I don't have a CDL. I, you know, we both got a role to play. So I, I, it's my honor to pay you. And um, just treating them with respect. And I don't treat them like they work for me. I treat them like business partners. You got a role to play. I got a role to play. Your role is to make sure that that load gets there on time, right, safely, and, and communication. And my, and my job is to make sure that your truck is safe, it's operating correctly, the loads are there, and you get your paycheck. Yeah, one of the things you do with, with your, your trucks is you put extra equipment inside the truck just in the event that there is something that happens from a mechanical standpoint. Preventative maintenance yeah. is what it's called. It's not just about reacting when the truck breaks down. It's how can I decrease my truck's possibility of breaking down, you know, and, and, and what I've shared with people is how I was able to decrease my breakdowns by 21% in 2019. These are little things that I've done, um, little, little, little um, extra things that you can do to just help, help yourself on that road. You know, whatever belts that your truck uses, right? We got an alternator belt, we got an AC belt. Just put an extra set of, belt in, uh, extra set of belts in your truck, right? Keep antifreeze, keep oil in there, keep fuses, keep light bulbs. Keep an extra spare tire or two. Right. Little fixes that can have you shut down for five hours waiting on roadside. If you already have the part there, it's going to save you some time and save you some money. Save you a lot of money. Right? Mm -hmm. They're going to charge you a bill yeah. just to look at it. So how do you... All right. So you have a truck. You have the whole operation. You have drivers and all that. But you got to have a product to move, right? So mm -hmm. is most companies like freelance or do you have set contracts mm -hmm. with people long term is it a combination of both yeah. like how does that work so when you first come into this game you know the low board is pretty much your best friend at that point right when you when you, when you just fresh in the game you got to develop relationships mm -hmm. so the low board is where we started off at the load board yeah that's the website right? yeah that's the website and, and what's, it what's, what's it webs loadboard.com no it's dat.com d-a-t but we have the we have the dat board and we have truckstop.com okay Okay, those are the two big ones. Okay, so on this low board, there's brokers. Um, you know, these are the people who have the lows that we have to call and negotiate with, right? So what I did was, we just started. We just did good business, right? We we, we stressed being on time. We 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 stressed uh, delivering a good service. And what happened is, 
we would just be meeting all these different brokers every day from booking different loads in different cities. And then um, I, me personally, I, I ended up uh, doing this load that I really liked. Um, it was a load that picked up in Georgia and it went to Cleveland, Tennessee. And it was twice a day, right? You would pick up in Atlanta, you would go to Cleveland, Tennessee, which is right there by Chattanooga. It's like What's two time hours for, away. Oh, two hours okay. Two hours away, right? They was paying us $7.50 to go two hours away and back, and we was doing it twice a day, okay? So we was generating $1,500 a day going up twice. And I loved it, right? We, we did it for like a week. It was like this project they was working on, right? And then I looked at the numbers that week. I was like, yo, this is dope. So I hit the um, broker. I'm like, yo, how often do y'all do these, these lows? He was like, man, it's funny you ask that, man. We just got an extension on this project. We're going to be doing this for the next nine months. Wow. Right? So I'm like, wow. He was like, yeah, you know what, man? We, put, we had like about five different companies on this uh, load. Y'all actually executed the best. Y'all communicated. Whenever something was a delay, you called me immediately. You let me know what was going on. He was like, man, would you, would, you know, how many trucks do you guys have? Would you guys like to... Um, you know, do this full time. At the time, I think we was at about five or six trucks. I was like, yeah, I'll give you all my trucks. And man, when I tell you, <laughs> this was 2017, we ran this load, we ran this uh, load for the, for the whole year, right? And that was the year I, re I was able to level up on my cash. That was the entire business? It was just working yeah, it was with just this? That. Okay. Yeah, they was that. Yeah. It was moving one plant from Cleveland, Tennessee to Atlanta. We was moving an entire uh, plant for a Fortune 500 company yeah. to Atlanta. That nine months ended up turning into two years. Oh, wow. And then, then it ended up turning into nine years now. <laughs> how, how, how profitable is, is your business as far as like truck? Or, or, yeah. or on average, like how, how much can a truck make? Um, right now, and I like to underpromise and overachieve, right? I don't like to give high numbers I like to give the low ball numbers right um with the way that we do it each truck should be able to generate you anywhere from 1500 to 3000 a week take home after all expenses are paid that's what a truck that's not breaking down that's what a good driver and that's what a full week of work we, we don't see any reason why you should be able to at least take home about 1500 a week per truck and of course you can have multiple trucks and yes it's, it's a volume game after that dumb, dumb it's a volume funny. game after that and that's how you got your trust right the first yeah. truck paid for the second that's truck that's what i did yeah Money management is how you is how you scale up. You know, I had to make a lot of sacrifices in the first couple of years. And instead of when I made my profits, instead of using the money and buying frivolous things, I would just reinvest it back into the company. I would be invested in new equipment, right? Yeah. And then once once you jump up to four, five, six trucks, then the money that's when it gets real crazy. You call that a fleet? <laughs> yeah. And um, you know what I'm saying? I said, "Bill, I've been doing this. I've been doing this game for like what six years now, and I just really started like." buying stuff like this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I just started really like enjoying life and traveling. I made my sacrifice. I reinvested in my company. Right? That's the common that's the common theme for every yeah. almost every one of our guests. <laughs> almost it's it's funny you say that because literally we've had people from the music industry, people from real estate, developers, trucking now. Mm -hmm. And the one common theme is exactly what you said. Like you got it's all money in. Like you gotta put the money in and that's something that it sounds simple, but nobody wants to do that. As soon as you get profit, people want to live off that on some selfish, like just go to the mall and just ball out. And it's like, that's not how it works. And it's like, you try to explain that to people and they still don't understand. You got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues, man. And, um, you know, like I said, this year I went and bought my dream car. I went and, you What's know, your car? Uh, the, uh, the S63 Coupe. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I see you got the Mercedes pendant. <laughs> Did they give that to you? That, that came with it. That came with it. It's from but, Brooklyn um, for real, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Got the <laughs> but yeah, man, you know, we, like we, we, I paid my dues. So like any success that I've seen, I'm unapologetic for it because I put in the work for it. Nah, we never apologize about making a profit. That's what we're in business for. You, you, you in a business, like you said, it's a $700 billion industry. Absolutely. And, yeah. and you're like, honestly, you're the first person I know that's doing it. It's really? so crazy. Can I tell you why? First black person for sure. You for just, damn sure. We are minorities in this industry. We're minorities. Yo, let me tell y'all something. I went to Louisville, Kentucky. We, it's this big truck show that they do every year in Louisville, Kentucky. It's called a match truck show, right? Um, thousands of people. I mean, they bring these trucks. It's like tricked out trucks. Um, they got classes there. It's the biggest convention in the trucking industry, right? Every year. I went there last year and I'm walking through the crowd, y'all. And I had a couple of my students with me. So eight of us, right? And we played a game. The game was how many minorities can you find in this crowd? It's, 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 it's mind-blowing how much of a minority we are in this industry. And I'm going to tell people, I'm gonna tell, yo, they just messed up and let me figure it out. They should, messed up should and never let me in. They should have never let me in, but <laughs> they messed up letting me in. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So now we're going to talk about how in the next segment, how you duplicated yourself and yeah. the educational component of what you got now is how you're spreading the message of um, the trucking business and all of its benefits. <laughs> All right, so we're going to we gonna go into what you're doing now as far as educating people. But I just thought I had a quick question for you before we go into that. Yeah. How has Amazon affected your industry? Um, has it affected it or? Not me. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Okay. I mean, Amazon, I mean, we ran a lot of loads for Amazon, especially like earlier this year, last year. Um, you know, it hasn't affected me in a negative way. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think it's just um, making the industry bigger. What, what, I mean? what about insurance? So like if you, you were carrying a load. And something happens to that truck. Is there a insurance policy on yeah, that? Yeah, in trucking, we have a, a minimum um, insurance that we have to have of a million dollars liability. Okay. And on um, each truck, correct. Okay. Yeah, million dollars, and um, and that really that's for the company. The, the company has a million dollar liability, right? And then we have a hundred thousand dollars coverage on our cargo. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So anything that's in our truck. Like as far as the freight goes, yeah. it's covered up to a hundred thousand dollars, and then we have physical damage on the actual truck. You know what I'm saying? So whatever the truck costs, if the truck costs $60,000, we have physical damage in the amount of how much that truck costs. Yeah. All right. So we had a guest from Baltimore on. Shout out to my man, Derek Falcon, one of our favorite the guests. Legend. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he was a restaurant owner. And he, one of the, the things that he said is, you know, the, they said the average millionaire has seven streams of income. But his theory was that I don't need to have seven different jobs or seven different businesses to generate seven streams of income. He's like, I could generate seven streams of income from one restaurant. He's like, I could, I could be a restaurant owner. I could be right. a consultant. I could deliver food. I can um, give classes, do all kinds of different stuff, right. sell merch. So I saw you were speaking about the same thing, right? So you 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 took the education component and turned it into a business as well. It's a win-win because you're educating people, you're helping people, but you're also, it's another form of revenue as well, right? Mm-hmm. So can we talk about how you got into that? Because I know you started with just um, private coaching. Correct. And now that's kind of turned into an online portal, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, can you talk about the evolution of, yeah. of what, what made you want to take your talents I said, okay, I'm not just going to be doing it for myself. myself I yeah. want to, you know, bring other people and educate them. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, in 2015, you know, this is when I finally started like making consistent profits. Right? This is when my systems um was working and it started things started becoming a little bit more automated at this point. Right? And I just remember one day saying, like, man, if only I would have known in 2012 what I know now, I wouldn't have lost all that money. Right. I wouldn't have lost all that time. So um, I was just sharing like my journey on Instagram. 
like, yo, you know, this truck just did good. I just made this month, this amount on this truck. And people would literally hit me up like, hey, can you show me how to do that? And I didn't know what to charge. I, I, I didn't see anybody else doing it. But I was like, okay, I got to come up with something just for my time. Mm-hmm. So my first client, uh, Dana, she's an attorney. Uh, she came up under Johnny Cochran, man. Uh, she was like, hey, Alex, I'm very interested in getting into the industry. Like, how much can I just pay you just to spend a couple hours with you? And I was like, yo, we can do 1500 And uh, that was my first client. And it's, it's on my page to this day on Instagram. 1500 for an hour? No, just, just, okay. just, just to stay with her just, for the just, whole just, day. Just, okay, just unlimited walk, access. Yeah, walk her through how to start her company and show her the low board. Yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. So I, it's on my Instagram to this day. Um, we were sitting in the office just like this, and I was showing it to her. And she got up and running. I think she had like four trucks now. Mm. But I just remember the feeling that I felt watching her go from not knowing anything about trucking to now she's running it on her own. She's calling me excited. Hey, I just made this this week, da 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 And I like how that felt. So when I shared her story on my Instagram that I was getting a couple more DMs, like, yo, I see what you did for old girl. You think you got, yeah, I got a couple dollars, so you do the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, cool. So that one client turned into like four to five clients. And yo, it literally started going crazy after that. And then I looked up, I was at like 40 clients by like 2017. Mm. But I was just being transparent and just sharing with the public, like, yo, I just put James in business. I just put her in business. I just, it, it just started, it just kept coming. So I went from 1,500 to, to, to 2,500 a client. Then I went to 3,500 a client. And then when I looked up and I had a six month waiting list, I was like, man, I got to go up some more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, by Price two, went up. Yeah. So by the end of 2017, I was at $10,000 a client. I was at $10,000 a client. And by last March, I had a waiting list until Christmas. How many clients did you have at $10,000? Um, I probably did about 20 clients at $10,000. And I had a waiting list until Christmas last March um, of people on standby. Because I would only take a certain amount of clients per month just to make sure that I didn't stretch myself too thin yeah. and I didn't leverage my, my service, the quality. And um, I met a guy, uh, you guys might know him, a guy by the name of Eric Thomas, um, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. You know, just like y'all, I have been watching him on, on YouTube for years, you know what I'm saying? And um, he was on a cruise last March and I had never seen him speak in person before. Like when I had went out of business, this, that's what I was listening to, to keep me motivated to even give it another shot. Mm-hmm. And yo, I, I, I paid the money. The cruise was like five grand. And you know, it was like six months out. And I was like, right, I'm gonna go ahead and make this investment just to go get some motivation, right? And uh, I went on this cruise, man. It was going to St. Martin, St. Thomas and Bahamas. I went on a cruise and I ended up meeting, um, you know, his crew behind the scenes. I didn't really go there to take no picture with him. And, all that other stuff. I just literally went there just to get just to get the information, man. And I ended up meeting CJ. CJ is his right hand man, the, really the brains behind um, Eric Thomas and Associates. And you know, sitting down at dinner one night, he was like, "Hey, what do you do?" And I just told him what I did, and he loved it. He was like, "Yo, I've heard about people in real estate doing seminars and teaching." He was like, "But I ain't never seen nobody doing it for the transportation industry." He was like, "Yo, this is uncharted territory right here." He was like, so you're doing one-on-ones though? I was like, yeah. He was like, what are you doing with these one-on-ones? I'm like, yeah, I go to the dealership with them, right? <laughs> I help them pick the right truck. I, um, I help them hire the drivers. I do conference calls with hiring drivers with them. I go down there with my mechanics. We inspect the trucks to make sure that they not buying no BS trucks. Like I'm, I'm holding their hands. He was like, damn, bro. He was like, yo, that's dope. He said, you got a waiting list till when? He said, you know why? Because you haven't duplicated yourself. He said, in order for you to take it to the next level, in order for you to scale, your information, you have to put this information online. 
And I was terrified. I'm like, online, like, he was like, yeah. I was like, no, I don't know if that's going to work. I do one-on-one. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is personal for me. I don't want to just put it out there and then people be, he was like, nah, you have to put it online. He was like, look, this is what you do. Do, do, do. Record the videos. Create the PDFs. Let me know when you're done. And you're not even, you admittedly said you're not even a computer guy. I'm not a computer person. So that's what, that was the really intimidating part is because I'm like, look, I'm not even a computer person. So this, how is this going to work? But um, I listened to him. Um, I went and locked in for about four months, man, me and Batiste. We went and locked in and um, we, we put the con- another sacrifice, another four months of sacrifice, locked in, right? Created the content. I hit CJ up uh, four months later like, yo, I got it. It's done. He said, yo, pull up on me. Let me see it. When he saw the content, he seen how I laid it out. He was like, yo, not only am I going to show you how to put this online, I want you to put it on our platform. We're going we to stamp it and we're going to put it out on Breathe University. So now um, we, we launched our platform. And, it, and it's so funny, it, you know, the dude that I've been looking up to for five years, um, I'm now in business with him now. And um, it's, just, it's just an amazing Is, is that the Masters of the Game? Um, no, that's, that's something different. Okay. I'll tell you about that next. Okay. Yeah. That's something different. So we launched uh, our, our trucking digital training portal on October 5th of last year. Um, and it's a step-by-step guide. Like, you know, when, when I tell people all the time, like when I had first gotten to the game, yeah, there's information on YouTube. Yeah, there's information on Google, right? But the information is scattered. I was like, I need, we need to create a chronological order of how to not only get into this business, how to structure your business. But also, once you're up and running, how to operate properly, how to maximize profits, but most importantly, how to stay in business, right? So the, the course literally walks you from A to Z, A to Z, on how to do everything. And it's a combination of videos and PDFs, because people learn differently. You got some people that learn better from visualizing, oh, some people that learn better from hearing, and some people that learn better from reading. So we have all... Three fixes in this portal, man. And um, my goal really, man, when we launched it October last year was just to get about 50 people. Um, I didn't want to even put too much marketing behind it. I just wanted to just kind of like put it out there to my network, get a couple people in there. And if there was any kinks, be able to tweak a little, you know, some things and add some things in there and then go ahead and go crazy with it. So the goal was 50 for the first half of the uh, launch. And we ended up doing um, 350 people signed up within the um, first nine months. Oh, wow. So, so, so. As, as far as like people that are, who, who would want to be in the course? People that want to get into the trucking industry, obviously, mm-hmm. but people that have experience already and didn't work out, or people uh-huh. that kind of put their toe in, people that have no experience, have no ideas, like right. 101, 102, 103, like what's the level? All the above. Okay. All the above. Everything you just said just now is my clientele. Somebody who knows nothing about trucking, you know, has some funds that they're trying to invest. I don't necessarily want to drive, want to create a, a passive income situation. It's for that client. It's for the, it's for the client who's already in business, but they're not um, reaching their full potential. They're not making um, what they feel like they should be making. There's certain things that they need to tighten up on. It's for them as well. Okay. So like as far as putting together the online course, right? How do you do that? Um, like you made the video and then you had the slides. Like mm-hmm. you did that yourself or you worked with somebody? Yeah. yeah. Uh, me and Batiste, man, um, you know, my thing is this, and this is how, what I feel about my life overall. I don't half ass on nothing that I do in life. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, it, it got to be done right. Right? So I created um, all the content, and I, I had um, um, shot to Will, shot to Kenny, man. They flew in from Michigan. It's actually the people who do the videos for ETNF. 
Um, it was a whole camera crew came to my office and they filmed me. They spent three days with me and I just recorded all the content, right? Matisse did all the uh, PDFs, structured it real clear, real digestible. And um, we uploaded it into Brief University. And um, the platform that we use is probably the best uh, platform out there as far as online training. It's the same platform that Damon John, Tony Robbins, you know, all the Shark Tank guys use, right? So it's very- What platform uh, is that? It's called Lightspeed. Lightspeed? Yeah, it's called Lightspeed, yep. yep. Okay. Um, and I invested a lot of money in creating it to make it look like the way it looks. Um, it's, not a, it's not a small ticket item. Uh, the course is 2000 right? We have two packages. We have a 90-day package that gives them access to all the courses for 90 days because uh, it shouldn't take you more than three months to get up and running if you're serious. Mm -hmm. And then we have our monthly mastermind package that gives you everything in the, in, in the uh, first package, all the courses, but this one adds um, our mastermind calls. So every other Tuesday, I'm hopping on the line with, with our members on Zoom. It's a video chat. And um, we discuss different topics in trucking. You know, we discuss all, the, we, we, it's filling in all the gaps of the course. So it's a 60 to a 90 minute call and we're discussing, I'm doing a presentation of the actual topic. So one week we talked about truck financing. Second week we talked about insurance options. Another week we talked about finding and keeping good drivers. I remember that call, we had actual real drivers on the line giving insight on what made them apply for a job, right? What made them want to stay with a company? What made them leave a company, right? Just giving uh, future fleet owners insight to become better owners from the drivers, right? Um, so right now, there's about 27 calls that we've done so far. There's 27 hours worth of calls that people who sign up today on the portal will be able to go back and, and listen to, yeah. and they'll also be able to join us live on our, um, on our upcoming calls. So you're creating more content, more content, more content. Absolutely. How many people are on these calls? Um, it averages anywhere from like 80 to 100 people right now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody didn't sign up for the monthly. We got some people that just got the 90 days. And the thing about it is you could actually sign up for the 90 day. Yeah. And then on day 89, you can upgrade into the mastermind okay. and then pay $199 a month. And there's no contract. You can cancel at any time. And um, yeah, it's, pre it's pretty dope, man. So what's, what's your vision as far as um, where you want to take it as far mm -hmm. as your personal brand business mm -hmm. and also the education? You want to continue to grow both or you just want to focus on the education and not really your personal? Um, like, what do you see? Um, all the above, man. Um, at the end of the day, I want this portal. This portal will be and is um, the holy Bible, man, of the transportation industry, meaning that we've covered everything from A to Z. Um, every, if, you're, if you're trying to come into this industry, you must go through this portal and get educated because it's education before conversation. Education before conversation. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. People try to skip steps and not properly educate themselves in life. And that's where you make mistakes because you're just jumping out. And that's one of the reasons why we started this, this podcast is we feel like, you know, a lot of times, especially in our community, we don't, we don't have mentorships. We don't, we're not properly educated. That's why you make a lot of mistakes. Right. And you just kind of just, how you made a mistake when you first started. Absolutely. You didn't, you didn't have a mentorship. You didn't know what you was doing. I wish it was a portal back in 2012. Yeah. It I makes wish. it a lot easier. And yeah. a lot of times people skim on important things. So they'll spend money on items that they don't need. Yeah. But the items that they actually do need, then they're, they're cheap on. So education is something that you should never be cheap about. Absolutely. And we can never apologize for using our talents and our platforms to educate people and to get compensated for that. That Colleges do it all the time. And there's no backlash with that. You go to Harvard, you're going to pay $300,000 over the course <laughs> of four years, but you're getting properly educated and you'll be able to be an investment banker. 
your program, you you pay, but you're going to be educated on the trucking industry. So it's going to save you time and it's going to save you money. And, you know, I I brought even one of my clients, uh, uh, First Lowe's, they just ran a couple of weeks ago. You know, his first load was from Wisconsin to Massachusetts. It was a uh, $2,800 load. Um, after he paid his driver his expenses, he damn near made what he spent on my portal his first load. Got it back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now, but this portal is teaching you guys how to fish. I'm teaching you how to book loads. I'm teaching you how to make money for the rest of your life. What's $2,000 to learn something that's going to show you how to make money forever? That's a fact. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You're not, like you said, you're not, you're not selling them how to do, you're selling them your mistakes, right? Yeah. Like, hold it, that's hopefully you have to go through that. Yeah, you pay them for, for my mistakes. Right. If, if, you, if you take my class and, and you avoid making something that will um, cause you to lose five, six thousand dollars, you already made your investment back. Exactly. All my resources, everybody that I do business with that runs my fleet from my dealerships, where I get my trailers from, my insurance companies, my factory companies. I've literally turned over all my resources to my, to my students on the portal. So now you ain't got to Google nobody. Everybody that you need to run your company, I've given you their direct phone numbers on the portal. All you got to do is just follow the blueprint. One stop shop. Let me, let me say this. I am not the most um, uh, richest fleet owner. I'm not the biggest trucking company out here, right? But the companies that are bigger than me and, and richer than me, they're not sharing their blueprint. That's the difference. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That was one of the things, like, I, I, we mentioned this before, but Maverick Carter was saying, like, when people become successful, the number one thing they want to do is tell you how they have become successful. Right? Right. And that's exactly what you're doing, right? So, like, some people say, like, yo, we need a mentor, and that's vital. Like, you're like, you can have a mentor, but I'm telling you right here, this is it. You should be doing this because I made those mistakes already. Absolutely. And I get that question a lot. Like, yo, why you, do you feel like you're creating competition? Right? Like, you show people the sauce. Like, is it possible that you create competition? I said, well, all the time, like, you'll never be able to get on the highway and not see the 18 wheeler. Exactly. Man, he brought this. Also, a shout out to, no my, shout out to my man, Fernando, Lord of the Slums, legendary real estate investor. The guy's a legend. And he came on our podcast and he said, he gave his whole blueprint. And he's not even selling anything. And he, he said, he was like, Michael Jordan show you how to play basketball. He's still Michael Jordan. Tiger Woods can show you how to swing. It doesn't, he's still Tiger Woods. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people have the misconception sometimes that if I educate somebody that takes away, no, I'm still going to get money regardless. Just because you get money, it's enough for everybody to yeah, eat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Seven hundred billion. You can go get a hundred trucks, <laughs> and it still won't affect my bottom dollar. You know what I'm saying? So that definitely helps me. You know, show people because I don't, I don't lose anything from that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And um, I just realized that um, it happened so organically that it, it just came to the point where it's like, you know what, yo, God, if this is what you want me to do, like, I'm gonna listen. So I'm gonna obey you. Like, I, f- I found my purpose, and that's why it don't it even is. feel like work for me no more. Because it's like when you operating in your purpose. It don't even feel like work no more, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I realize, like yo, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to. I know how to communicate. I know how to how to reach the people, right? I I, I was I was able to um, empty my my brain into this portal. That's my purpose. Like when people say, "What's your biggest accomplishment?" Getting the testimonials from people is like, yo, look, I was able to provide a second source of income for my family. I was able to quit my job. And, and, and take care of my, my newborn now because my I don't have a, a, a CDL. My driver's out there generating me income right now because of the information that I got from you. That's my biggest accomplishment to date. Oh. And I got a bunch of those. Stop lining your life up with bills and start lining your life up with purpose. Shout out to my man, Derek Falcon, another gym that he dropped. <laughs> it's real. 
That's yeah. real. So thank you for joining us. Um, how can the people contact you? How can they um, get information on everything that you got going on, social media and all that? Absolutely, man. The website is uh, goodenergyworldwide.com. That's goodenergyworldwide.com. Um, if you're trying to book a truck, hit the uh, trucking tab. If you're trying to, um, you know, we also got a dispatch service. You talk about multiple streams. Um, I was able to diversify within my own industry. Not only do I have the trucking company, I also have a dispatch service where we actually uh, book loads for our clients, mm -hmm. right? And then we also have the consultation. So you can hit the logistics tab if you got a trucking company already and you want to, you know, um, you know, you want somebody to book the loads for you so you can kind of be a little bit more passive. And um, if you are, are interested in our digital training portal, click the consultant tab. Everything is right there. All the information, you can sign up right there. And look, um, my Instagram is Alex underscore good energy and Alex is A-L-I-X, not E-X. A-L-I-X underscore Good energy. And um, look, I did something for y'all, man. I appreciate y'all inviting me on here. So what I wanted to do, um, you know, for your followers, um, anybody that wants to sign up for this portal, um, I got a coupon code for y'all, man. The portal is 2000 Um, You guys will save $299 if you enter the coupon code um, EYL299. EYL for earn your leisure. There it is. EYL299. You'll save $299. Uh, just put that in the coupon code. Yeah. Thank you. You yeah. can thank us later. Yeah, yeah. thank us later. <laughs> <laughs> Troy. Yeah, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. It's Patreon backslash Earn Your Leisure, our Proud to Pay program. Like we said, we have five tiers. We got some new members. Every week it seems like we're getting new members. But big shout out to David. He joined at tier five. Um, so we're going to be in contact with him and uh, Courtney as well. So shout out to you two for joining. Uh, again, it's patreon.com backslash earn your leisure. Feel free to join at any tier you like. We got bonus footage there. We got um, some outtakes that are, are pretty entertaining. Um, so shout out to everybody that's on there now. Uh, and our merch. Shout out to our, everybody that's purchased the merch. Uh, assets over our liability shirt or the podcast shirt. Our tour shirts that are out there. Continue to support. Uh, so we can do more things like this. We can travel to Atlanta. We can travel to Houston. We can travel to Philly and D.C. and spread the word of financial literacy. Yeah, shout out to Atlanta once again. It's like a second home for us. So, you know, we'll be out here. We will be back out here very soon. And don't forget to go to our events tab on our website and our very first workshop, which is dedicated to first-time real estate investors. First-time real estate investors, everything you need to know about financing, hard money, loans, all that stuff. And um, also, we'll be, we'll be in a few other cities. We got, we got DMV, we got Philly, and a few other places that we got hit before the end of the year. So thank you guys for rocking with us. Oh, yes. One more thing, too? Yeah, yeah. My, my, uh, my book tip of the week, I almost forgot. My book tip of the week is a classic. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. It is great, great book. I read it like three times. Business is all about relationships. Life is all about relationships. So that's that's a, a key book with a lot of gems. But you had, you had something you wanted to leave people um, with? I just wanted to end the interview you know, with my life phrase, man. Don't hope, decide. You no longer hope. Um, we decide and we execute, man. That's it. It there is. You, there you have it. Thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll catch you next week. Peace.